Well, hello there, and welcome to Ask Alley, your place for life advice with a metaphysical twist. Today is Monday, August 4th, 2014. I want to thank you for tuning in and giving me a listen to. Got a few announcements. Uh, number one, Darren, my cat. Many of you know who Darren is if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. He's 18 and a half, and he's in surgery right now, working on his mouth. Uh, Darren has a chronic case of gingivitis. And no matter what we do, no matter what medications, antibiotics we've tried, uh, it keeps growing back. And when it's there, he can't eat. So he's in surgery right now to clean out his mouth yet again. And last year when he did, when we did it, when he was a whole 17 and a half, we weren't that nervous because, you know, he was still 17 and a half, still old, but, you know, he was a young old. At 18 and a half, he is, well, a medium old. And because of that, there is a bigger risk to when you put an animal under with anesthesia in order to operate on them. The vet and I have been tossing back and forth on what we should do because neither one of us wanted to put him under anesthesia. But it's either put him under and take a chance or watch him wither away because he cannot eat. So if you could say a little extra prayer for Darren, maybe send some some light and, and healing to the guy, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it because I really want him to wake up and come home. And I'm a bit of a nervous wreck, so <laughs> you know, while you're at it, maybe sprinkle a little light on me, and uh, I would appreciate it. Um, I decided to do another webinar. The Twin Flame Telepathic Sex webinar was fantastic. Um, unfortunately for me, after the webinar, um, my website got taken over by hackers, and a porn site went up with um, um, phishing. I think that's how you say it. They gather people's information, all that icky stuff. So as soon as I did the, uh, the webinar, my website went down. <laughs> it was down for quite some time. I am in the process of rebuilding my website. I'm at a brand new host who uh, hopefully has sealed all the front and back and side doors for hackers to get in. And I, I lost part of the site on the old host. So I'm painstakingly putting it back together again. So please stay with me. <laughs> I will get that done. But the webinar itself with twin, play, twin Flames and Telepathic Sex went really well. So I decided to do another one. This time it's all about bring back desire. How to flip that switch and get your libido up and running again. You know, low sexual desire, low libidos is the number one complaint among women. And let me tell you, I know a lot of a lot of guys complain that their their wives or girlfriends or whatnot they don't have the that they don't have the energy for sex. She's like, oh no, she's always tired. Oh, boo hoo hoo. Well, you know, the women who experience this low sexual desire don't like it. To them, it's the boo hoo hoo as well. Neither neither pair likes it. You know, the the husbands or um, the other partner feels that the one with low sexual desire doesn't desire them anymore, which isn't the case. And it might also be thought out that um, the person with sexual desire maybe isn't in love with their spouse or partner or boyfriend, girlfriend any, any longer because that desire isn't there. And that's not right all the time. Sure, those are causes, but more likely than not, it's, it's overwhelm and stress and depression and um, medications and just being out of balance with putting too much on your plate or putting nothing on your plate. 
that also can have an effect. So I'm going to talk about um, the four steps you need to do to unlock the gates of desire and also the eight lifestyle changes you need to make now. You make it tonight, today, and then by tomorrow you should uh, start to feel some tingling all in the right places. So the webinar is this Thursday, August 7th from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to look at the bottom of um, today's podcast list of the what's going on in today's episode, there's a link there to the site to sign up for the webinar. Or if you don't want to do that, you can always go to my website, alleythees.com. You can't miss the graphic on the front page. It says Bring Back Desire. Click here. Click on it, and that will take you to the webinar page. So either or, I hope you join me. It's free. And I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff for you to bring back desire. It's important. And when when you have sexual desire and your libido's going, it, so much more happens other than having sex and having orgasms. There is so much more that, that comes to you. Um, I guess I mean that literally and figuratively. So much more that, that is directed towards you when your libido is up and running. So join me. It's this Thursday. Uh, the Universal Life Expo, don't forget, it's like two months away now, October 25th and 26th, booth 202. I'll be speaking Sunday from 3.30 to 4.40 at it's about establishing and nurturing soul connections. At my booth, I'll have all my books, and I will also be doing readings, and I may be doing flower essence combinations. I don't know. I'm up in the air about whether or not to do flower essences um, personalized for people who stop by. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I guess if you stop by, we'll both know, huh? If you if there's a topic you want me to cover, please go to the website. You'll see my little contact form pop up with my smiley little face. Click on it and uh, let me know what you want to hear. So the topic I want to talk I want to talk about tonight or today is four ways to know a soulmate is looking for you. Oh yeah, you might just had that light bulb moment where you decide, hey, I'm going to go find my soulmates and my twin flame. But what if they're already looking for you? How do you know? Well, there's four different ways for you to know. One, they pop into your head or in your line of vision with your third eye without being prompted by you first. This is how, this is how I discovered Will. He popped into my head. I was brushing my teeth, minding my own business, and boom, there he was. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Ha. Two, pay attention to the signs that are around you. If you find you keep being drawn to, to certain things, um, maybe, for example, you're drawn to a particular restaurant that you either work at or maybe visit a lot. Maybe you're drawn to a book they wrote, a hotel they own or visit, maybe a career that they're involved with or a charity they belong to. Whatever it is, you keep being drawn to that particular thing over and over and over again. Okay, three, your energy's on fire. Oh, yeah, when you fall asleep, you're exhausted, but you can't really actually fall asleep asleep and get some good REM cycles in as your dreams are on hyperdrive with visits with your soulmate, with a soulmate. And four, you're going to find that your life path is slowly shifting to be on course with their life path. Now, you won't necessarily occupy the same life path, but they'll intersect or run parallel with each other. Those are the four ways. You know, when a soulmate starts looking for you, just like when you start looking for them, 
the, the energy shifts and they become a magnet, you become a magnet. And if you just let it take its course, the universe shifts things for you so that you get to meet them at one point in time. Not necessarily saying there's going to be a long, drawn-out relationship, because remember, I mentioned in previous episodes, we all have um, a good handful of soulmates, but only one twin flame. That soulmate may be around just to give you a boost of confidence to go in one direction, or maybe piss you off so much that you don't take the direction that they're in. There's always a purpose to meeting them, but we never know what that purpose is, quite frankly, until you meet them. So those are the four ways to know if a soulmate or when a soulmate is looking for you. And if all four of them show up, well, then you better flip and believe it. You got soulmates looking for you. All four have happened to me. Um, Will, definitely the first one. Um, God, Will and Bill and Ted, most certainly the the second one. Uh, everybody, <laughs> all of them for the energy's on fire. I don't sleep. I, I don't. I really don't sleep anymore. I don't know why I bother to lay down. It's a waste of my time. And my life path has been shifting. Where is it shifting to? I got no idea. I don't know. But I can tell and I can feel that I'm shifting and growing. And so I'm going to assume it is to be parallel or intersect at some point in time somebody's um, life path. Okay, so those are the four ways to know uh, when a soulmate is looking for you. Now, the Holistic Guide in Mother Week, I came across a book I forgot I had called The Meaning, the Meaning of Trees by Fred Hagen, Hagendater. Huh. H-A-G-E-N-E-D-E-R. And I've had this book, I guess, for the last 15 years. I'm going to guess I got this new uh, when did it come out? Not that it really matters in the whole scheme of things. It doesn't matter how long I've had it. I have forgotten I've had it until just now. Where's the copyright? Yeah, because this is bugging me. Ah, 2005. So it's been nine years. And I forgot about the book. I really do have that many books. <laughs> that, that I can forget easily that I have one. Um, so Hornbeam. I want to talk about Hornbeam. The tree. And quite frankly, I have hornbeam uh, flower essences, and I thought it was a plant. I had no clue it was a tree. Okay, until now. <laughs> um, these hornbeams, um, according to the book here, they're beautiful trees which thrive easily on clay or chalky soils. They're widely distributed in the northern hemisphere e regions, but the majority of the 30 plus species are native to China. Hmm. It occurs singly or in hedges where it resembles beech, but it grows very slowly. However, the hornbeam is not related to the beech, but rather to the hazel. Interesting. So there's some practical uses for the good old hornbeam. Um, the charcoal of the tree is uh, slow-growing, dense wood that burns hot enough to smelt iron. Well, hornbeam wood is of excellent quality, but so hard that it quickly blunts carpenter's tools Hence its other name, Ironwood. <laughs> its durable wood has been the perfect choice for windmill and watermill cogs. For 
further uses include axles for carts, corn threshing tools, yokes for farm animals, billiard cubes, billiard cubes, drumsticks, and piano hammers. Um, um, in the U.S., the Chippewa tribe, the hornbeam is traditional wood used for the main supporting posts of the wigwam ridge pole. Hmm. Interesting. I was thinking, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, if this wood is so sturdy, and you know, it breaks carpenter's stuff, which is bad, but if they can make drumsticks, or, yeah, drumsticks out of it, why can't you, why wouldn't you make a log cabin out of it? If it's this sturdy, if the wood is this fabulous, why not build a building out of it, a little home? Even one of those tiny homes that you see nowadays that are all the rage. If it's that strong, you know, the little wolf can huff and puff, but the building might still stand. It's a thought. So for natural healing, um, the Cherokee uses the inner bark of the American hornbeam to treat discharges and urinary problems. In Europe, the hornbeam leaves have been used traditionally to treat wounds, and if you distilled water from the leaves, they use it as an eye lotion. Flower remedies, flower essences, of hornbeam counteracts the feeling of being overwhelmed with the day's work. So if you're working in an environment where you, when you leave it, you come home, you're just so overwhelmed because there's just so much to do and not enough time to do it in. Yeah, who doesn't have that nowadays? The hornbeam flower essence will allow you to take a deep breath and chill it out. Now I know um, the Flower Essence Society does sell hornbeam flower essences. And I don't know if Green Hope Farms does or not, but I, um, I know the Flower Essence Society does because that's where I've gotten mine from. What else can I tell you about this wonderful thing? Hmm. Um, it says here, the hornbeam guarded the sanctity of the sacred grove, and in, his, in its humble service, it is akin to Hemdal, the mythical guardian of the rainbow bridge in Norse mythology. Norse mythology. No god or human speaks much of Hemdal, but without him, the god's abode would have been destroyed by the giants long ago. Hmm. So the symbolism for hornbeam is guardianship. It's nice and sturdy, so it makes sense. Um, the divine association is Hemdel, which is Norse. Astrological association, Saturn. And what's this? Historical spotlight. The central screws for cedar and olive oil vats and linen and printing presses were made from hornbeam wood. That is, until a craftsman from Nuremberg introduced metal screws circa 1550. However, it still took about three centuries for the metal screws to catch on. Huh. So, in older houses and whatnot, the, the wooden screws are made out of hornbeam. I know that has nothing to do metaphysical-wise, um, but I, I find it interesting. I mean, we have trees all around us. They're magnificent, magnificent beings. Um, give off a lot of great energy. You know, when you when you want to get grounded and centered, go to a tree. Trees, you know, I, <laughs> my neighbors I know think I'm insane because I hug my, my trees in the backyard when I need to. When I am so overwhelmed, like when I do a lot of energy moving in a day for clients, I have to go and, and hug one of my trees just to get it all out of me into the tree and into back into the earth. So, good old hornbeam. And here we are at the end. 
That was fast. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for joining me here at Ask Alley. If you like the episode, please rate it on iTunes and tell your friends. The more people who listen, the more people I can help have their aha moment. Don't forget to join me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. My website is www.alleytheist.com. And until next time, take care, and I'd say be good, but that's just too damn boring. We'll see you next Monday. Bye.